Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you are at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to our Sunday service. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by joining us on social media at Your Brave Church. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this message. 1 Timothy chapter 4 Verse six says, you've been raised, he's writing, Paul is writing to his apprentice, Timothy. He says, you've been raised on the message of faith and have followed sound teaching. Now, which implies that was good. It's good that you've been a believer. It's good that you followed Christ, but that's not all there is, right? It's like that old infomercial. You remember, you get all of this for 1999, but wait, there's more, right? That's what Paul is saying here. It's good that you're a part of Brave Church. It's good that you follow Jesus. It's good that you believe, but wait, there's more. And so he says, now here's what you need to do. You need to pass on this counsel to the followers of Jesus there, and you'll be a good servant of Jesus. Here's what you need to do. Stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. Look at me. In other words, if you're going to be a real follower of Jesus, you can't just talk the talk. You got to walk the walk. You got to walk the walk. And we, it's great that we can come here and, you know, we can say nice things and pontificate on Scripture and all that's good. But what happens away from here is more important than what happens here. It's great that we get built up, but can we live it out? And that's where the rubber meets the road. It's got to make it into our everyday life. And so here's what he says. I love this. He says, exercise when you feel like it with God. Right? No? Okay, maybe the, maybe the monitor's wrong. Let me, let, me, let me read from my notes here. Exercise once a week for an hour on Sunday when you're at Hightower High School with God. No, it says what? Exercise daily. And I love that next part. Look at it. No spiritual flabbiness. <laughs> Paul says keep it tight, right? He says, please, no spiritual flabbiness. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so. Look, I love this part. Making you fit both today and forever. You can count on it. Take it to heart. See, a lot of people think that the only reason you should believe in Jesus is to get like a get out of hell free card. Oh, believe in Jesus to avoid hell. Now, I want to be clear. We do believe that through faith in Jesus Christ, we have the promise of eternal life together in heaven with him. Yes. But if that's all there was, if that's the only reason to believe, then the moment you prayed to ask Jesus into your heart, he would beam you up to heaven like Star Trek or something, right? Lord, I love you. Forgive me of my sins. Beam me up, Jesus, right? But when you pray a prayer and become a Christian and put your faith in him, you're still here on earth. That must mean that there's more to it. So Jesus didn't just come for your afterlife. He came for your present life as well. He said, I, so that you can have uh, uh, making you fit both today and tomorrow. So he didn't just save you for heaven. He saved you so that you could bring heaven down to earth, heaven into your marriage, heaven into your kids, heaven into your business, heaven into this community. And so the last part of that verse says this, and this is why we have thrown ourselves into this venture so totally. We're banking on the living God, the Savior of all men and women, especially believers. And so this is why I believe that prayer and fasting is, is so important because we get to establish the foundation of our year right at the very beginning. It all starts here. I told our, our dream team that I believe if we get this relationship right, all of the other relationships will begin to fall into place more easily. 
I believe if we get this right, we'll be a better employee on our job. I believe if we get this right, we'll start looking at our health a little bit more seriously. But it all starts with this before we can get to this. Are you with me today? Amen. That's good preaching, Bart. Preach it, white boy. I can amen myself. It's cool. Now, by a show of hands, I'm just messing with you here. We're having fun, all right? We, like I said, joy of the Lord is our strength. We have fun in church. By a show of hands, how many of you would say you have at least thought about, whether you've formalized a plan, you've at least thought about some sort of health or fitness goal for 2022, all right? A lot of hands, I figured there would be, right? Not shocking for you to understand that the last two weeks of December and the first two weeks of January, the Google searches spike for diet plans and fitness routines, right? That makes sense. Stats also tell me that 70% of people who sign up for a gym in January quit by May. And I get that. I've been one of those people before, right? But while I do care about your physical fitness, I'm certainly no expert at it. But I think that there are some parallels between our spiritual fitness and our physical fitness. And your personal trainer, he or she, whoever they may be, they want some things for you. They've got some goals for you. They look a little bit different than my goals for you, but I think we express it the same way. So your personal trainer would say this to you, and I would say this to you, and it's the same verbiage. If you're going to fulfill your potential this year, you got to exercise. That's it. Plain and simple. You got to exercise. So I want to talk with you today about exercising your faith. And just like at the gym, being a member is cool, but if you don't use the equipment, being a member is useless, right? Have you ever met somebody? This trips me up all the time, okay? You meet somebody and you're like talking about, oh yeah, I, I, I signed up to go over so-and-so. And you've known this person for a while. And they're like, oh yeah, I've been a member over there for like three years. And you're like, I've known you for three years and you look the exact same. Have you, ever, have you ever met somebody like that? You're like, are you sure you go to the gym? You know, you're like silently judging them or whatever it is, right? Sometimes that's true in church as well, right? Somebody say, oh, I've been going to so-and-so. And you're like, I've known you the whole time you've been going there and your life looks exactly the same. So being a member of a gym or a church or whatever, like that's great. I can walk into the gym every single day and talk to the trainer, Drew, one of our Brave Church members is at the Brushy Lake Fit Fitness Center in Siena. He's become a good friend of mine. I could go in there and talk to him every single day and I'm surrounded by gym equipment. But if I don't make use of it, I'm wasting my time, right? Okay, so it's the same principle here. As we talk about prayer and fasting, listen to me. It's just like that gym equipment. It works if you work it. It works if you work it. And it's not going to work if you don't work it. This is what I tell my kids all the time. You get out of something what you put into it. And so your marriage works when you work it. Your body works when you work it. Your faith works when you work it. And so I've seen things move and shift and change. And I've seen God do amazing things through prayer. And so that's why as your pastor, I'm calling us to pray because prayer changes our situation. But even if our situation doesn't change, Prayer always changes me. Prayer always changes the way I think, the way I feel, the way I view things. Prayer is an exercise of faith that changes me. And so here's one thing I've learned in my small journey of health and fitness is this. God sometimes asks us to do things that stretch us, right? And so if it's not heavy, I'm not growing, if I go to the gym and I go for the very first time and I lift five pounds and I've got that five pound dumbbell and I'm like, 
Whew, okay, first day in the gym, a little tougher than I thought it was gonna be. Okay, wow. All right, okay, I can do this. And I'm feeling the burn and the muscles. Are, and guess what happens the next day? You get all sore, right? Or the next couple days. And you're like, oh my goodness, wow, that was tougher than I thought. And then you keep going for a couple of weeks. And then that five pounds isn't so heavy anymore. And your muscles begin to grow. And you're like, oh, sweet. I'm killing this five pounds. And you're like, you're, you're, you're pointing, you know, with it because you can toss that weight around so well. Somebody's like, where's the bathroom? You're like, oh, oh, over there. You know, I mean, it just like it's nothing to you now. And you get so excited about yourself. You're like flexing in the mirror, taking a selfie, posting it to Instagram or whatever because you got this and it's easy for you. Now, you can stay stuck there and you'll never grow unless you move up to what? <gasps> Ten pounds. <gasps> And all of a sudden, you start over again. 10 pounds is heavy again. You're like, oh, but if it's not heavy, you're not growing. And maybe it's the same thing in our relationship with God. Maybe for some of us, man, 2021 is a great year, and we're like, man, yes, this is awesome. Cruise control, God, with you. I'm just going to hang out, coast through life. God, it's great. Let's just keep things just like they are. And God's like, I want to stretch you and grow you. And what does that look like in our faith? Maybe for you, if it's your first time here, can I tell you something? That's heavy. Walking into a new church for the first time, that's heavy. That's a big deal. And maybe like it's stretching you to even be here today. Thank you for being here. Maybe for you, you've been coming to Brave Church and you've been hanging out with us for a while and maybe God's stretching you and trying to grow you and you're like, what, what's the next step for me? And he's like, hey, do 21 days of prayer and fasting. And you're like, oh, that sounds hard. And he's like, yeah, here's a 10-pound dumbbell. <laughs> he's like, yeah, we're, we're going to get through it together. We're going to grow through this. And the, the, the last thing I want to show you before we kind of jump into this example of prayer and fasting specifically and the examples of it is what I said earlier. And I really believe this. What happens here can't compete with what happens at home. What happens here can't compete can't compare to what happens at home. I've heard this adage before as it relates to health and fitness. It doesn't matter how much you work out, you can't outwork a bad diet, right? So you can lift all the weights you want to. You can walk around swole with your too tight, too small t-shirt, guns ablazing, be Mr. Olympia or world's strongest man. But if you go home and you eat junk and cake and ice cream and donuts and all that stuff, you're wasting your time. You're just going to be a really strong, heavy person, <laughs> okay? Like you're kind of defeating the purpose of it there. You can't outwork a bad diet. And so as it relates to our spiritual life here, we come to church to get the word of God. The Bible talks about meditating on the word of God, that it's food to our soul and that kind of thing. So here we are, we're, we're in God's word. And every week I'm like shoveling it out, you know, like, like hey, you know, feeding the farm animals. Here you go, here's some for you. Here's some of God's word. And I'm releasing all these truths that God's put in my heart to give you. And you're like, oh, scooping it up, scooping it up, scooping it up. But check this out, look. If you ingest it and digest it, and chew on it and meditate on it, but you never apply it or work it out in your life, it's the exact same principle. It's the exact same principle. And that's why Paul talks about that spiritual flabbiness. What is spiritual flabbiness? It's the same thing as physical flabbiness. It's taking in more than you work off or work out. And so many times we come to church and we just get full at the blessing buffet of God's table and his presence and his word. And then we just check out and we come back in the next week. Give me that buffet again. And we don't ever live out or apply those things. And it's like that spiritual flabbiness where we're always taking in, but we're never exercising our faith. Are you with me today? So that's why you can be full 
but not fulfilled. You can be full of all God's goodness, all of his word, all of the worship, all of the spirit, all of the presence, but not fulfilling your purpose and your destiny. And so we exercise our faith in 2022 to jumpstart, kickstart it by praying and fasting. And so I've sort of divided this up into, into two categories. We're gonna talk about cardio and resistance training. You didn't know you, you hired a personal trainer today, did you? I'm gonna get everybody in shape today right? Y'all gonna be looking like the rock when you get out of here. All right. So we're going to talk about cardio. And I believe cardio and resistance training are really good parallels to prayer and fasting. Let's talk about cardio first real quick. We, we actually have, uh, I think we, do we have a little bit of a video showing somebody walking on a treadmill? Yes. Look at that. Anybody ever walked on a treadmill before? That's just a glorious experience, isn't it, right? God, this is great. I'm not going anywhere, but I'm here. I'm doing my best, right? <laughs> here, hey, you want to know something funny? I was thinking about this as I was preparing for this message. Now, I run on the treadmill a lot. It's just I, I run outside. I like to jog, but I also run on the treadmill a lot. And so one day, several years, probably 10 years ago, maybe longer than that, I was running on the treadmill. And I mean, I had that sucker up to like, you know, nine or 10 speed, whatever it was, fast as I could go all out. And the power went out in the gym. So I keep going and the belt stops and I hit the front of that treadmill and did a flip. This is not a joke. This is not a joke. And so there was a whole row of treadmill. I, can't, I didn't even plan to tell this, but it's so funny. I have to share it. There's a whole row of treadmills and I, I, we all hit it, but I hit it the worst and kind of flipped over. And everybody's like, oh my goodness. Whoa, are you okay? Like all this, you know. So everybody's like, well, I'm done with that. The lights come back on. And everybody's like, uh-uh, I'm not getting back on that thing. I get back on it and I start running again. You're not gonna believe it. It happened again. Two times, I promise you, I'm that dumb. Two times, I'm running and it stops and I hit that thing full speed. All right, sorry, had to share that with you today. Cardio is like prayer. Why is cardio like prayer? Let's talk about all of those exercises like, you know, swimming, biking, jogging, stair stepper, elliptical. All of those are cardiovascular exercises or cardiovascular machines. What does cardiovascular mean? Come on, that wasn't a hard question. <laughs> Your heart, cardiovascular, right? Okay. So that stuff works on your heart. It gets your heart rate up and all that works to make your heart healthy. Can I tell you something? I think prayer does the exact same thing. Prayer works on your heart. It smooths away those rough edges and the bad attitudes and the things that shouldn't be there. You get into cardio and you're like, oh, my heart rate's up. Oh, oh okay, this is tougher than I thought it was gonna be, right? And guess what? You get in there in prayer and you're like, oh, I see a part of myself. And I didn't, I didn't know it was in there. Oh, I had this bad attitude. Oh, I haven't forgiven this person. Oh, you know, whatever it is. And you see these things about yourself. You're like, oh man, that's tougher than I thought it was gonna be. Another reason I think that, that cardio and prayer go together is because cardio isn't flashy or showy or dare I say sexy. Because like, you know, when, when people go to the gym, they post selfies and it's never on a treadmill or a stair stepper. It's always... <laughs> right? Whatever it is, right? They're always wanting to show off certain muscle groups. Nobody's ever like on a stair stepper, like <sighs> nobody. That's not glamorous or flashy or showy. It's, it's flashy to, you know, curl and be like, yeah, what's up girls, you know, or whatever. That's what everybody's, you, you want everybody to see the outside stuff. But what you don't see when you're doing cardio is the work it's doing on the inside. 
You see, when you flex that weight, the, the, the stuff on the outside, oh, I see my bicep getting bigger. When you're running on that treadmill, you're like, is this even doing anything? I'm not sure. You can't see the inner work that it's doing on your body. Prayer's the exact same way. You never see anybody doing a, 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 taking a selfie with prayer, like, ooh, Jesus, just spent 20 minutes in God's presence, right? No, it's not showy. It's not flashy. It can feel routine, but it's doing that inner work in your heart that nobody else can see. It's doing that work on the inside that is unseen. And so, you know, it's one of those things where lifting weights is really great, but it doesn't matter how big your biceps or your triceps are. If you've got heart disease, you may not make it. The heart matters more. So here's what I know. You can have it all together on the outside. You can look good and pray good or preach good or sing good or lead a great small group, whatever like the outward signs of, ooh, they're a great Christian. I don't know what they are, whatever the showy things are. But if your heart's not right, and how do you know if your heart's not right? Because our connection with God is through prayer. Prayer works on our heart. I love what Martin Luther King said, one of my heroes. He said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Basically, can I give you the 2022 version? How's your prayer life? If you really want to call yourself a follower of Jesus, how's your prayer life? Because most, here's the thing, most people don't walk up to you and go, hey, when's the last time you prayed and talked to Jesus? Nobody's going to ask you that. They're like, hey, how's the kids? How's the job? How are things going? Whoa, you sounded great on the stage singing. Oh, man, I love you teaching my kids in the, in the class. Hell, you look great holding that sign, greeting me this morning. Like they look at the outward things of life. No one ever asked the inside stuff. And so think about it for a second. Think just for a second. When, when was the last time you spent time with Jesus, just with him? Is it just an hour on Sunday, a week? If it is, friends, I love you enough to tell you that's not enough. It's not enough. Think about any other relationship in your life. Husbands, imagine if the only face-to-face conversation you had with your wife was one hour a week. Your marriage wouldn't survive, would it? No, there's no way. So you have to have that daily time with God that Paul talked about. So I believe that prayer, as I said, changes us every single time. Does our, do our situations change when we pray? Yes, God intervenes. He moves. He provides. He heals. He does the miraculous but there's also times when my prayer doesn't get answered my way, but I can trust God's plan. But here's what happens every single time you pray, you get closer to God. Hands down, every single time you pray, you get closer to God. And I know, as I said, prayer can sometimes be like a treadmill. It's like just that routine. It's just, here I am, I'm walking on the treadmill. Monday, you get up and pray. Dear God, I love you. You're good. Thank you for air. <laughs> um, help me not to flip somebody off on Highway 6 today, right? <laughs> Tuesday, you get up. Dear God, I love you. You're good. Please forgive me for flipping somebody off on Highway 6 yesterday. And it can just sound routine, right? But look at me. Maybe it's routine for a reason. Think about this for a second. In the book of Job chapter one, I won't have you turn there, but I just wanna tell you, in the book of Job chapter one, you've got this guy named Job, spelled like Job, but it's pronounced Job, super wealthy, one of the big influencers of his time. He had lots of land, lots of businesses, lots of animals, lots of servants. He had a large family. I mean, this guy was rolling in it. From the world's perspective, he had the best of the best. And then one day, 
Oh, before I get to that part, the Bible says that he prayed every single day. It says he got up and he offered sacrifices and prayed to the Lord. This was his regular custom. Regular custom means what? Daily routine. So every day he would get up and pray, talk to God and offer sacrifices. Then one day, this guy who has it all loses everything. Literally loses everything. You can search for yourself in, in, in Job chapter one. It says that they came in one at a time, literally within 60 seconds of each, other, of each other. Somebody comes in and goes, all your money's gone. Somebody comes in and says, your business has failed. Somebody comes in and says, your animals are gone. Somebody comes in and says, your children are dead. I mean, he literally loses everything. But look at what he does in response to that. Job chapter one, verse 20. It says, after Job heard all these reports, he got up and he tore his robe, he shaved his head. Those are just outward signs of, of grieving and mourning. It's like wearing black to a funeral. It's just a sort of a customary thing. Then he fell to the ground in panic. Fell to the ground wondering what had happened. Fell to the ground shaking his fist at God. No, it says he fell to the ground and worshiped the Lord. He said, I was born naked. I'll leave here naked. The Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. How in the world, in the darkest moment of his life, when he's overwhelmed by everything, on the, the, the day he received the worst news possible, how in the world could he stop and pray? Because it was his regular custom. It was his regular routine. When life got crazy, he knew where to run because he'd been walking the whole time. And that's like cardio. It's like prayer. It's like, okay, okay, God, it's Monday. They say we're starting 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's Monday. I love you, God. Thank you for air. You know, I think you're good. I trust you. Tuesday, God, I love you. I trust you. I believe you're good. Wednesday, God, I love you. You lose your job. But I'm going to trust and believe that you're still good, and I'm going to keep walking, right? And you just keep putting one foot in front of the other because it's your routine. It's your routine. And then the next day something happens or the next day your spouse says, I want a divorce or you get a bad diagnosis at the doctor and, and maybe life is coming really hard at you. And maybe at that point you're starting to run. But can I tell you something? The routine shows you where to run. The routine of prayer and getting in God's presence and coming before him and doing life with your creator and your savior and bringing your cares and concern to him, it tells you where to run. It's the same reason they did fire drills when we were in elementary school. Why did they do that? Because they knew that in the chaos of the moment, we wouldn't know what to do. So every month or two months or however long it was, they'd go, you go out here and you take a left and you go out and you stand by the monkey bars. Because they knew in the moment of chaos, it would be panic. But they said, if we show them where to run, when tragedy happens, they'll all be safe. Prayer is showing us where to run. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they're safe. So here's what I want you to do. I'm gonna get real practical here as we conclude our time with prayer. And then we're gonna talk about quickly resistance training. Very practical. You ready? You're like, okay, I'm, you fired me up. I'm ready to pray and spend time with God for the next 21 days. Here's the first thing you need to do. You need to set an appointment with God. You need to set an appointment with God. If you had a doctor's appointment, you'd do everything you could to make that appointment, right? Probably because they're going to charge you copay if you don't show, right? But seriously, like you, you try to make those things. So schedule a specific time in a specific place. It's like, guys, it's like asking a girl out. You wouldn't walk up to a girl and be like, hey, you want to go to dinner? And she's like, okay. And you're like, see you there. 
She doesn't know when. She doesn't know where, right? You haven't given her anything. It's the same thing with God. Like, God's available. He'll flex to your schedule. But here's what I've learned. Look at, look at me, friends. Let me, let me give you almost 40 years of following Jesus' knowledge and wisdom. Here it is. If you don't schedule it in, it probably ain't gonna happen. Because you're like, oh, I just got a busy day. I've got a meeting, and then I got to work, and I got to pick up this, and I got to grab dinner. I got to take the kids here. I, I'll get to it later. And later might never come. But I've learned something, friends. What you value, you make time for. What you value, if, if, you know, sports is, is a value in your family, I guarantee you, you allocate dollars and time to it. If move, going to the movies is a big deal, you allocate dollars and time. If spending time with Jesus is important to you, if pursuing God and growing in your relationship with him, then you'll make time for it. I really believe it. What you value, you make time for. Show me, show me your bank account register and show me your, your calendar schedule and I'll show you the priorities of your life. Plain and simple. Where your, where your schedule is, there your priorities lie. So make a schedule. For me, seriously, when I have a, I have a chiropractor appointment coming up and when I, I put all of my appointments in my calendar and not only do I put like the day and the time, I also put reminders. I put a reminder that like the day before, hey, you got that appointment coming up tomorrow. And then like an hour or two before, I'll, I'll schedule a second reminder because I don't want to miss it. Can I tell you what I've started doing? I've started doing that same thing with God. Like my, my alarm will go off at 6.15. Hey, it's time to spend time with God. I'm like, yes. Like, I, I mean, I know I need to do that anyway, but sometimes I just get so, okay, the kids woke up late and oh, I got to get lunches and stop. I got to do this. And when you schedule it, it's more likely to happen. The second thing is decide on a plan. Follow a plan, right? So I talked you through this book right here a second ago. I want to show you real quickly one of the cool things about this. So this is day 10 here. Uh, we're going to follow in this booklet anyway. You can follow any plan you, you choose. This isn't the only way to pray or talk to God or spend time with him. This is just a really easy one. So if this is, you've done this before, if this seems like patronizing, I promise you, I'm just trying to make this accessible for everyone. So this is a plan called SOAP, S-O-A-P. P, S-O-A-P, right? And so what we have is scripture, the S, written out for you right here. The second part is observation. What is it saying in this scripture? What, what is God trying to communicate to humanity in this verse? So then you would write out, okay, I think it means this or whatever. What's the observation? And then the A is for application. Okay, now that I know what it means collectively, what does it mean to me? How can I apply it to my life tomorrow on Monday morning? And then P is prayer, S-O-A-P. So just say or write out a simple prayer, S-O-A-P. I followed this plan off and on for 15 years at least. And it's a great way to just, okay, I'm gonna read this and I'm gonna think about it and I'm gonna think about how I can apply it and decide what it means, think about how I can apply it and pray and ask God to help me. And it's a great way to spend a, a, a very limited amount of time with God. Nobody's asking you to like spend six hours in prayer. We're just asking you to schedule God into your plan for 2022. And this is a great way to do that. Let me give you another thing really quickly is a simple P-R-A-Y. This is something as a, when I was a children's pastor, this is what I taught kids. So again, I'm not trying to patronize you, but I'm just simply saying, I know everybody's at varying levels here. And if you're like, bro, I don't even know how to pray. Like, how do I start? Like, do I have to use like thou and thy? <laughs> no, King James, you don't have to talk that way. Um, 
You could just simply do it this way, P-R-A-Y, P. Just start with praise. Start by just thanking God, telling him how great he is, how wonderful he is. Just you know, express your gratitude for all he's done, right? Take a second and do that. R, repent. God, if there's anything in my life that shouldn't be there, please show it to me and help me correct it. Or God, I'm sorry for this thing that I did or said or thought or looked at or whatever it was, right? A, ask. Now I can request. And I would even start that with other people and put yourself like, God, for my family or my coworkers or my mom's sick or my brother needs a job and then I need this. And then the last one, why? Yield. Give it to God. God, I trust you. You know that word we pray at the end or that we say at the end of every prayer, like in Jesus' name, what's the next word? Amen. Or if you're really fancy, amen, right? <laughs> Do you know what that means? Everybody says it, but very few people know what it means. It literally means so be it. Now that's fancy, that's almost King James. It, I'll modernize it for you. I agree, basically it. So like if we get home this afternoon and we're sitting on the couch, Lauren and I, and she looks at me and she says, baby, I think we should watch football the rest of the day. I'm gonna look at her and say, amen, so be it, right? I agree. So that's what that means, it's yielding. God, everything that I've said, everything that I've prayed, everything that I've read, so be it. I yield my life to you and give it to you. All right, we've talked about fasting. In the last few moments, I'm gonna do this super fast. I'm gonna move this over because it's kind of out of the light. Is my face turning red? Okay, all right. I'm gonna talk about resistance training. I was acting, okay, it's not that heavy. Uh, maybe. So resistance training is equivalent to fasting. Resistance training is equivalent to fasting. I know fasting can be a little intimidating. Guess what? So can resistance training. Like you see something like this and you're like, whoa, that's for like, you know, really serious bodybuilders and stuff. Like, you know, ladies, I know like you're thinking like, what is this? Like, I want to know where the butt machine is or something, right? <laughs> like, I don't want that. That's for like Mr. Olympia, you know? Listen, resistance training is available and beneficial for anyone at any fitness level. And so is fasting. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian 50 years or you decide today to start following Jesus. Fasting can be beneficial for you. So let's talk about why fasting is like resistance training. Here it is. Fasting is like resistance training because I know this looks like weightlifting. It's really not weightlifting. It's resistance training. Yeah, I'm lifting the weight. But more correctly, I would tell you, I've learned that this is me resisting the weight pulling me down. I'm resisting the natural desire of this weight and gravity's pull on it to go down. And so I resist that force. And my body doesn't like that. Just like your body doesn't naturally want to fast. But when I do this, my body's like, oh, this weight is heavy. Oh, you should put it down. And I'm like, no, I'm going to resist the weight pulling me down. And fasting is that same way. Fasting tells your body, body, you're not in charge. My spirit is in charge of me, not my flesh. I can say no to the things that I need to say no to. I can stay away from the things that, not just food. I know we're talking specifically about food, but fasting develops inside of you the spiritual strength and fortitude to say no to sin and temptation. Fasting is, is like this. So your body can't be trusted because your body has bad judgment. Think about this for a second. Every time I go to the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A and they ask me, do I want fried or grilled? My body always says fried. <laughs> My body always says fried. Even though I know it's bad for me, 
My body wants what's bad for me. My body wants what it wants, even though it's bad for me. But your spirit wants what's good for you, even though your body may not want it. Woo, that'll preach right there. So you are resisting. So guess what? Over the next 21 days, we're going to talk about how to fast really specifically here in a second. But don't you think about this. You're resisting something, not just food. What is the thing in your life that God's saying you're a little too attached to that thing? You need to let it go. That thing's got a big grip on you. Don't let it pull you down. You need to resist it instead of letting you pull it down. And instead, because you used to, you'd be like, man, I can't say no to this thing. Maybe it's not an addiction, but maybe it's an attachment, and I'm more attached to it than I thought I was. And God's saying it's time to let go. And you used to break down. But now, because of fasting and prayer, instead of breaking down, you're going to break through. You're going to break through to the other side, and you're going to get victory over that thing in your life. Maybe you're praying for a loved one to get saved. Maybe you raised a child and they've walked away from their faith. Maybe you're a spouse who's praying for your non-saved spouse. And you've been praying for years and years and years. And the urge for you is to say, give up and quit praying. They're never going to get saved. And you are going to resist that urge and keep praying and keep believing and keep trusting. And you're going to beat your flesh and your spirit's going to rise up and grow strong and keep praying for that miracle to occur. Are you with me today? When I resist it, it's saying, body, you're not in charge mind you're not in charge emotions you're not in charge it's growing your spirit it's not just weakening your flesh but it's growing your spirit first corinthians chapter 9 as we wrap up here today first corinthians chapter 9 says a true athlete will be disciplined in every respect practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel wreath if you think about the ancient olympics the laurel wreath that quickly withers but we run our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. And for that reason, I train like a champion athlete. I subdue my body and I get it under my control so that after preaching the good news to others, I won't myself be disqualified. Why are we trying to weaken your flesh and grow your spirit so that you can not only grow closer to God, but that you, so you can detach yourself from the things of this world that have a hold on you. And when you learn to say no to a few small things like a meal or a certain type of food, whatever your fast is gonna be, it's gonna help give you the spiritual fortitude to say no to temptation when it rises up. I told you, we're all about family here. Can I tell you something? Because God has put this in our heart to be all about families, I believe the enemy of God, Satan, wants to destroy families here at Brave Church. I believe through fasting and prayer, we're gonna help strengthen families. Men in this room, hear me. You're gonna develop the spiritual fortitude to say no to temptation to stop watching that thing or looking at that stuff. Is it okay if I say that? I want to raise strong families. What is the temptation? What is the attachment? What is the addiction? I want us to take a second and talk about how fasting can lead you to breakthrough. So let's talk through just a second as we close about spiritual plateaus. Because I think sometimes when you lift weights, like I said before, you can lift that five pound weight and five pounds and five pounds and five pounds. And sometimes I've had this happen. Sometimes even you try to go lift the 10 pound and you can't, it's just too heavy. And you're stuck at five. And you go another week, you go another two weeks and you try 10 pounds again and you can't lift it, you're stuck at five. 
and you, you have that plateau physically. I think sometimes we can plateau spiritually. And what happens through prayer and fasting, Jesus even said this in the New Testament. They, said, they came to him and they were like, Jesus, you, whoa, like you cast out a, uh, like a demon. Like, wh- how come we couldn't do that? We, we prayed and it didn't happen. And Jesus said, it didn't happen because I'm Jesus. He said, it happens because only, sometimes only things come through prayer and fasting. It provides a breakthrough above the norm. So what is the thing that you're believing for to break out of that spiritual plateau? Is there a struggle that you're working to overcome? Is there an addiction or is there an attachment? Is there apathy? Like, God, I just don't feel connected to you. Or, God, I'm doing all the right things. I am praying. I am going to church. But I just, I don't feel like I'm growing. Maybe this is the thing. Maybe for you it's a sense of direction. You're like, God, I just need clarity about this situation in my life. I don't know if I should take this job or that job. I don't know if we should sell the house or, or buy this house. God, I don't know if we should move. I don't. And you're seeking God's direction. I believe that God's direction will come as you yield to him through prayer and through fasting. Now, let's talk about how you fast very practically real quick as we close. I don't, is, is someone available to play? If not, it's cool. It's cool. No big deal. Don't worry about it. We're good? All right. Uh, so um, you can go ahead and come as I, as I close here. Let's talk about how you fast here. Uh, so you got a complete fast. This is fasting in its true and simplest, purest form in Scripture is going without food, water only. This is what Jesus did for 40 days in the wilderness. And you're like, whoa, 40 days? Yep, 40 days. Moses fasted. A lot of people fasted this way in the Old Testament and the New Testament. It is a very extreme form of fasting. If you have never fasted before, if you've never done this type of thing before, I would urge you not to do this, okay? You need to start slow and maybe look at one of these other I'm I'm gonna talk about. If you are a seasoned faster and you're attempting this one, you still need to be very careful. You need to be mindful of your body. You also need to consult your physician and let them know what's happening. We wanna do things with wisdom here, okay? So that's the first kind. The second kind is a selective fast. This is just eating uh, certain types of foods and excluding others. It's become very popular in the last few years to do the Daniel fast, great fast, right? And it's based out of the book of Daniel where Daniel goes before the king of Babylon and he says, hey, uh, you guys are eating all this junk over here. I'm gonna eat God's way because God says, don't eat some of those nasty foods over there. I'm gonna eat this, just fruits and vegetables basically. And we'll see who looks better. And at the end of the 10 days or whatever it was, they came back and of course, Daniel looked amazing. They were like, throw away the donuts. Let's do the Daniel fast, right? So if you're gonna do that, maybe it's not fruits and veggies. Maybe it's something else. And you're like, I'm, I'm just gonna eat this or I'm, I'm gonna do away with this one thing, right? Maybe I'm gonna give up soda for 21 days. That may be a big deal for you. That's not a big deal for me because I don't drink soda very much, but maybe that's a big deal for you. And you're selecting to exclude that from your diet. Maybe, oh, I feel the Lord in this one. Maybe there's some people that need to give up coffee for 21 days. (laughs) I didn't get any amens on that one. (laughs) If you resist that so much, maybe it's got a hold on you. I'm just saying. All right. Um, (laughs) But seriously, what is the thing? Is there a food or a certain type of foods that you're going to just say, hey, I'm going to do without this and just eat this? And it's going to be a challenge for me. The the goal in this is to, as we said, if it's not heavy, you're not growing. God's stretching you. What's a stretch for you? What's a challenge for you? Maybe for you, it's a a partial fast, only eating certain times of the day. Again, in the last few years, people are like, oh, intermittent fasting is great for your health. Yeah, look it up in the Bible. You know, I mean, it's like this stuff is not new. So intermittent fasting or or, or, uh, partial fasting might be, I'm going to fast from sunup to sundown. 
And then when the moon is out, I'm going to eat, baby. You know, whatever it is, or, or the opposite. Or I've done things before where I'm like, hey, I'm going to fast till 7 p.m. It's just something that several years ago I did. I just prayed about that. That's the, the time I felt in my heart that the Lord gave me. That's the time that I fasted all day until 7 p.m. And then after that, maybe I had dinner or whatever. So maybe there's something like that you want to do, all right? So those first three are all food fast. And I want you to pick one of those and begin it today. Today's day one. And some of you are like, man, I already had an omelet and a waffle and whatever, right? It's okay. It's okay. And I'll say this, listen to me. If you mess up, if you don't pray one of those days, if you don't go through your book, if you eat something you're not supposed to eat, can I tell you something? Give yourself some grace. Keep going. Don't quit in the middle of this. Don't quit on day three or day seven or day 20. Keep going. Give yourself some grace. Dust yourself off. Shake off the haters and keep going, right? All right. So those first three have to do with food. The last one, the soul fast, that's abstaining from an activity or something that interests you. So maybe there could be anything. I don't know what's important to you, what's important to you, and what might be a challenge for you to give up may not be for me. Maybe you're like, hey, I'm giving up social media for 21 days. Maybe I'm giving up TV and movies. Maybe I'm giving up ladies shopping. I don't know. <laughs> like, what, What's a challenge for you? I, I don't know. Whatever the thing is that you're like, man, it would be hard for me to not do this activity or this thing that's an interest in my life for 21 days. I would encourage you to pair whatever your food-wise you're fasting with that thing as well. For me, I'll just, I'll just share mine with you, okay? I listen to a lot of music. I love music. I majored in music if you didn't know that. So I know a little bit about music. I just have this great love for the history of music throughout the world. So I listen to a lot of music all the time. My earbuds are in or the cards, you know, Alexa, play this or whatever. Like I'm, I'm always listening to worship or 90s. Come on, somebody, hip hop. Like I love everything, country, classical. I'm into all of it, baby. But I really felt as I was thinking, okay, what is the thing, God, that you want me to fast as far as a soul fast? And I really felt the Lord put on my heart I want to challenge you for 21 days to listen to nothing, not even podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Don't listen to anything but worship music for 21 days. And I'm like, whew. Now that, again, I listen to a lot of different things and I'm like, okay, that's gonna be a stretch for me, but I can do that, okay. So that's, that's the thing I'm giving up for 21 days. I don't know what yours is. And again, I don't know what your food is, but what's a challenge for somebody else may not be for you and vice versa. So you do what's right for you. Now I want us to, to pray together because we're, we're a few minutes over time, but I want us to take a second and, and pray together. So could you guys stand with me as, as she just plays softly in the background? We're gonna close out our service today. Um, I, I didn't prep you guys with this ahead of time, but uh, our greeters, as soon as I say amen and I like, I release you with the blessing and all of that, our greeters, if you guys could be available to help pass these out uh, at our exits, that would be super, super awesome. I apologize for not prepping you on that. So here's what we're gonna do. Let's bow our heads together. And we're gonna commit ourselves and consecrate ourselves and get ready. I believe that 2022 is gonna be the best year of our life, but it will only be the best year of our life if it's our best year spiritually. We have to get this right first, guys. God, we come to you now in all of who you are. We come to you now with, with heavenly perspective. God, with renewed vision for this year, for this life that you've called us to, for our family, for our job, for our community. God, we believe that you're gonna do great things. We expect you to do great things, not demanding you or ordering you around, but because we know what you wanna do. We know your heart. We know your heart for people. We know your heart for growth and change and transformation. And so we expect those things as well, God. And so God, we open up ourselves to you right now and we commit ourselves to you. God, on this day, a day one of 21 days of prayer and fasting, God, it's gonna be tough 
For some, they're giving up uh, uh, you know, a food or a beverage that's been really a, a, a key thing for them over the last few months or years, and they're gonna go without it. Some are going without different parts of the day or whatever it is, God, they're giving up something, but they're not just abstaining. Fasting isn't just going without, it's replacing with. So the times that they were gonna eat that thing or the times that they were gonna get on social media or the times that they were gonna put in that, that, that music or whatever it was, like, God, I pray that they would not just abstain from those things, but they would replace that time with time with you, time in your word, time in your presence, time talking to you, Jesus. I pray that we would be able to have a renewed perspective at the end of this 21 days that every person in this room would say, God, you started something. You birthed something. You, you initiated something. God, as I, we were planting seeds of faith over 21 days, you started to grow something in me. And God, you are doing amazing things. And I believe that miracles are going to come out of this, God. I pray for marriages to be restored and children to be returned back to their fathers and mothers and people to come to faith in Christ and people to be physically healed and addictions and temptations broken, the chains and bondage of sin gone forevermore. God, we believe that you're going to do amazing things through this. We're trusting you and asking you to do what we cannot do. We're going to do what we can, but we're going to ask you to do what only you can do in the supernatural to make a difference in our life, in our family, and in our community. In Jesus' name we pray. We hope you enjoyed this message and we would love to hear your story of how this ministry is changing your life. If you'd like to support financially, you can give online by visiting yourbravechurch.com. And if you're in the area, join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. for the full experience.